Welcome to the BioCharisma Podcast. I'm your host, Christopher Gardner. Today we have Michelle Gibson of piercingtheveilofillusion.com. Uh, Michelle has been an intrepid researcher when it comes to essentially the sacred geometry of how everything has been laid out. Before people were talking about Tartaria, before uh, Dr. Narco Longo was on the scene, uh, Michelle was just, just awesome in um, actually showing how a lot of the old world tech, a lot of the antiquitech that we talk about, how it was laid out all throughout the Americas. Uh, she has a very methodical way about her. Um, her, and you could tell a very detail oriented person. And she has a background by which that she can research things highly effective. I would I would definitely check out her YouTube page, which is Miss Michelle Gibson eight nine four six. She has about seventy thousand subs. She's awesome. Um, I've heard so many interviews with her with other people. I, I pretty much have watched every single video that she's done and hold a lot of the same opinions that she holds. I really think you guys will appreciate her perspective on <laughs> what this realm is, uh, the the forebearers to, to this country, uh, as in the United States of America, and um, what's just kind of going on, like how the, the cycle of, of, I guess you would say, um, What's the best way of saying it? The the cycle of resets, how that occurs. So enjoy the podcast and I'll see you on the other side. Gibson, welcome to the BioCharisma podcast. How are you? I'm doing great, Topher. Thanks for the invitation tonight. Oh, I'm so I'm so jazzed to have you here. Before everybody was getting on the whole Antiquitech thing and the whole Tartaria thing, I was watching your videos. <laughs> you know, watching <laughs> you just like go through this methodical way of showing these like old world structures. And what intrigued me about your work was that you were talking about the geometry of how these cities were located, how these capitals were located. And uh, I have a tendency to like dive like, you know, headfirst in with with interviews. Um, and there there'll probably be people in, in our audience that does, that needs an introduction of you of like <laughs> who you are and what you do. But I just want I just had to have that heartfelt. Uh, way of telling you that I so appreciate the geometric side of things as somebody that's obsessed with that. So I wanted to let you know that. And I'm glad that you're tuned into that because that's so important to understanding not only our world, 
but also this original civilization mm -hmm. because they were masters of geometry and masters of building. They knew who they were. They knew where they were. Everything was lined up perfectly. Mm -hmm. And it's, you know, there's a lot of different opinions out there on who this original civilization was and what happened. And I'm just, because of all the work I put into this, I'm just absolutely sure this civil civilization existed for a very, very long time. Mm -hmm. You Definitely. know, from ancient times to modern times. Mm-hmm. And that it was taken out by a uh, deliberately caused cataclysm mm -hmm. that went through the Earth's grid system, which is based on geometry, mm -hmm. sacred geometry, and um, and just caused this ripple effect throughout the Earth that just just devastated the landscape. Mm -hmm. And um, I I I just that's just what I see. And I mean, to me, if there were many many resets there would not be the level of of integration there is of the in infrastructure all over, all over the earth this is true this I mean, is we're, true we're talking identical mm -hmm. <laughs> identical everything mm -hmm. with with maybe the variation of in the west i've seen an example of a castle in england i think it's in kent it's south of london it's called leeds castle it's a castle on a star fort base in the middle of an artificial lake that looks like, you know, what you would consider to be a European castle. Mm -hmm. And I've seen the exact same thing in Japan, in Nagano, Japan, where the castle is on a star fort base in the middle of an artificial lake, mm -hmm. or on an artif artificial island in the middle of an artificial lake. And it has what you would consider Japanese or Oriental architecture, mm -hmm. but it's the same. <laughs> You know, same layout, you know, so it's like there were different expressions of the same template mm -hmm. yeah. that existed. Well, this is wonderful because, so I, I had my little, like, I've traveled all throughout the world and I had like little hints of like seeing things like in Managua, Nicaragua the the capital there like the the buildings there look like british colonial like what we were told was like british colonial and then all the capital buildings almost all throughout the americas they all have this dome configuration with two massive i guess it's almost in a way uh the way they create a um what is it called um a cathedral where you have essentially uh, almost a cross like if you're looking down at it there is there's almost a cross configuration to the layout of it with the dome in the center and the spires and like i've saw i've seen this wherever i've gone and i'm like well wait a minute i thought this was like a spanish colony or i thought this was like a, a southern indian colony but nobody could ever really explain how the architecture was so similar until people like you came along and started saying, hey, 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 guys, when you actually look at the world grid system, this the architecture actually follows a very set pattern. And it makes sense that there was like a worldwide, you know, th there was something that was much larger than we've ever been told much larger and much more advanced 
And it seems like they were cohesive because the thing I always bring up to people is to create that level of beauty, your consciousness is higher to create something that's something that's that, that durable, first of all, that beautiful. It's, it's gone through the, the sands of time. No problem. And to have those geometries, we're talking about a higher consciousness. This wasn't like people that were afraid. This was people that were working in concert with each other and did beautiful, beautiful work. Right after I started blogging and making videos, I um, contacted a Moorish man that I know. And I was really getting the impression that these humans were the highest potential in human form that ever existed. Yes. You know, in terms of living our sole purpose as Mm -hmm. co-creators, working together um, to create beauty and harmony and balance. And I I really am hearing you pick up on the word or picking up on your use of the word beauty because it was gorgeous. Beautiful. (laughs) There's just no other way to describe it. These buildings were exquisite mm. and and they've all been reattributed to the european colonial powers all over the earth mm-hmm. and you know we're given this like story of randomness you mm-hmm. know some guy bought this land or settled this land or whatever mm-hmm. and these buildings like whoop, within a short period of time there was a city imagine that yeah. and there's more cities with that kind of history, mm-hmm. um, that just doesn't make sense when you look into it. Yeah, uh, Gary, Indiana was a magic city, and so was um, uh, Minot, North Dakota, Billings, Montana. Mm-hmm. Magic cities. <laughs> People arrive, and then, you know, short time later, there's a town, and yeah. and that worked for a while. <laughs> I think that worked until the internet. Mm-hmm. And um, people started having access to more information than what you find at the public library or, you know, it's not going to be on TV. If they tell you in the movies, they're going to tell you in a backwards way. Mm -hmm. And and they're supposed to tell us. I mean, you know, basically what I see is a hostile takeover of the earth, the earth's grid humanity by very malevolent forces that wanted what humanity has. Mm -hmm. And that's all that's all they know how to do is steal and lie and get us keep us confused and disoriented about who we are and where we are mm-hmm. and um i think their their time is coming to an end but that's what we've been up against mm-hmm. and it's our fault <laughs> you know they make sure that the the alcohol and the cigarettes and the drugs are readily available and yes. then when people get addicted right it's their problem yeah (laughs) it's not ours (laughs) i think i think their sports ball is coming to an end because that's the thing about evil is it doesn't understand that it breeds incompetence and it breeds incompetence within its own ranks so what i'm seeing now is like there's just utter mistake after mistake of mistake of all the liars that are out there like the people that have lied and made tons of money lying 
what they're presenting is so obviously like idiotic and it has no basis in reality but the the corruption has bred incompetence and that's why evil always loses <laughs> it has to lose because over a long enough period of time if you don't have you know your mercenaries if your mercenaries become incompetent guess what you're you're out <laughs> and what makes it even a harder pill to swallow is you know, we've been taught lies our whole lives. Mm -hmm. And it's really hard unless somebody's willing to let go of that, of what you think you know. Mm -hmm. It's really hard to get to the truth because the filters always get in the way. Yes. And I mean, to really get to the truth, you have to just, you know, let that go. Mm -hmm. And you have, you know, academics and higher education, people that have spent their lives and careers in in this paradigm that we've been given um, that is patently false. Mm -hmm. But, you know, whole careers, people have invested their whole lives in this, written books. Right. And, and part of it was they were well organized at the beginning. Mm -hmm. And so they got into just about everything, if not everything. And... Um, had this multi-generational plan on how they were going to take everything over and you know here we have front row seats mm -hmm. as to what they had planned and how they were going to do it well this and, is um i i i don't think they actually really hide it i so i think that what they did was i mean you and i know they took over the education system in the 20s they said essentially churches. what were churches like you know, all you have to look at is the Reese Commission data that uh, that was just so brilliant, showing how the foundations infiltrated all aspects of social, all social engineering, whether it's education, religion, money, finance, all of it was essentially inundated with this one plan to essentially stupefy and then do this divide and conquer tactic. And right now we're living the resultant of the divide and conquer tactic. And it's and now the use of technology and the technocracy per se is like the big, the big way of getting everybody to be an island unto themselves. But we're also that's been going on and unfortunately very effectively. Mm -hmm. It's way too easy to manipulate manipulate us and they've been manipulating us and they're right. manipulating us to you know be at odds with each other and not look around and see who's behind the curtain mm -hmm. and so um they have done that very effectively but it's they're they're totally exposed now so um they've lost that edge and the more they're exposed the harder they lie mm -hmm. you know it doesn't stop right right <laughs> they're, they're, it's not they're not capable <laughs> Yeah, it's that positive. I'm not doing the same thing. <laughs> yeah, it's that positive feedback loop. Do you mind if we zoom out a little bit? Because I would love to get a snapshot of your cosmology so that people could like actually, because one of the things that there's two things that I fell in love with your work with was one, when you were talking about the Moorish influence, I grew up just north of Opelika, Florida. And like Opelika, Florida is like more, it's, it's Moorish. It is Moorish, like the, all the architecture 
there, it's incredible. Like in South Florida, and it makes no sense because it's not like necessarily like a tropical, you know, neotropical type of architecture. But it was all through Opelika, Miami. And I, I, my dad used to build right around there. And I was always going down to Opelika for sports. So I saw that. So I fell in love with your connection to the Moorish, uh, the Moors. And then also you're talking about the Philadelphia experiment in this. I, I'm, I'm somewhat obsessed with the, the, um, What's it called? The word that it's spelled the same way, uh, frontwards and backwards. What's it called? It's like the exact mirror of itself. Palindrome. A palindrome. Palindrome. Mm -hmm. I I've had like direct spiritual experiences that I can't really explain all that well yet. I'm I'm trying to get there, but I feel like life is very palindromic, if that's such a way of saying it, <laughs> and. Mm -hmm. You know, I had old coaches that say the way you you start a race is the way you finish a race. And the, the, there's a lot of truth to that. So I loved your getting into the Philadelphia experiment and how that was sort of uh, that was like a break, a midline. And I would love for you to explain people to, to the audience, ex like just a baseline of what your cosmology is and how you see the world. So uh, thank you for bringing that in um, because of all the different aspects of my work. Besides the Moors being a hard sell, <laughs> the Philadelphia experiment is a hard sell. Yeah. And and so let me go to the back to the first statement. What have the controllers done? They've divided us. Right. They've divided us by race and religion and skin color. Mm -hmm. And so they've done such a good job of degrading all of us, but especially the Moors, mm -hmm. that all people see are the results of the abuse, the psychological torture that we've all been through with gaslighting, mm -hmm. the, the, you know, the, you know, again, the flow of drugs, the crime. Mm -hmm. That's not who the Moors are. No. <laughs> They're the ones that created this beautiful civilization. They're still with us. And the Moors that I know personally are the most beautiful, highest consciousness people that I know. The ones that are know, know who they are and, you know, truly practice um things that bring them into that higher consciousness whether it's conscious eating exercise mm -hmm. yoga <laughs> kundalini raising i mean they know that's who they are mm -hmm. and so the the prejudice that has gone into dividing us by skin color mm-hmm you know, keeps people from seeing, even being open to that. I mean, I, I put out a video not too long ago about um, looking at the Aborigines in Australia as the builders of the civilization there. Mm -hmm. And a lot of people got it. But, you know, there's a lot of you know people that didn't want to even consider it. 
Wait a minute. White, white people didn't build everything in the world all the time forever <laughs> right. and ever. Exactly. But that's what we've been told about everything. Every building, every bridge, every everything in existence has a new story. They did that. Mm-hmm. You know, when they went in and they um, restarted the civilization after this cataclysm that I believe was the result of the Philadelphia experiment. And I'll, I'll go into that mm-hmm. second part. But I want to make this point because the evidence is there. <clears throat> and I've spent um, years at this, you know, and it's, I'm not going to stop anytime soon. I mean, I don't even, I, I, there's no end date in sight of tracking these alignments and seeing what's there. Mm-hmm. And um, and what looks like happened, which is just landmasses just sheared off. Um, swamps were created, deserts were created. Mm-hmm. So I gave the example of Gary, Indiana. The Magic City is um, right in the Indiana Dunes State and National Park area on the south shore of Lake Superior. And um, it was right next to the dunes. Gary was. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they, it was under the sand. Yeah. Essentially. You know, and this was along a ley line that I was following. So it looks like this energy just went right through ley lines mm-hmm. because there's lots of examples of like the Amazon and the and the Sahara. Biochar, on, baby. <laughs> you know, they're on um it's a celestial, it's like the celestial equator. Yes. Um, they're right there. And so um a lot of people are postulating a natural event. Um, the way that I came into this, uh, early on years ago, I mean, even before I started doing my own research, I was reading some books by Peter Moon and, um, Peter was one of the few people talking about the Moors. Um, Richard Smith is another person Mm -hmm. you can find, find them on YouTube. But, um, I read several Peter's books and Peter's story was interesting because he's, he was in the Sea Org before it was taken over in Scientology by the the later group. Mm-hmm. So L. Ron Hubbard was not sparkling clean. No. He was involved in a lot of occult stuff. Mm-hmm. But when he started the Dianetics and the whole Sea Org program, he was teaching people how to become operating Thetans. So they were t-h-e-t-a-n-s mm-hmm. so operating on the theta or brainwave and mm-hmm. and actually remote viewing and you know being able to have our freedom you know as spiritual beings and like with everything else that got completely taken over mm-hmm. and so um so he wasn't blameless but he was trying to help and peter was in the sea org bef- before it got taken over and so he learned a lot of those skills um, in terms of remote viewing and just mm. kind of breaking free from the physical form, mm. um, which we can all do if yeah. we know how to do it. I mean, that's what Tibetan monks and nuns were trained to do. They were mm-hmm. trained in higher abilities. And, you know, see what happened at Tibet, you know, the Chinese go in and take over everything and, and torture them. Right. And destroy everything. Mm-hmm. And so, um, the, these these lower vibrational beings did not want 
those kinds of humans to exist. Right. So Peter um, wrote several books. I, I didn't read all of his books, but I read several of his books. And he talked a lot about Aleister Crowley, who was a ceremonial magician who was highly involved in the occult. And in one of his books, he talked about Aleister Crowley passing his baby son through a circular megalith in Cornwall called Menantol, and that that sent a line of energy across the ocean mm. on the day of the Philadelphia experiment. Mm. So that stuck in the back of my mind. Mm-hmm. And he talked a lot about the occult nature of this world we live in, how it's been highly occulted by black magic. Yes. And and so, again, I'm, I'm, I'm not doing my own research yet. I'm, I'm just gathering information at this point. Um, Graham Hancock's Fingerprint of the Gods, mm-hmm. um, Robert Oval uh, and his book on the Orion um, correlation with mm-hmm. the Pyramids of Giza. Mm-hmm. I started reading the all the alternative stuff I could get my hands on um, kind of in the early 2000s when I was starting to wake up to this. And then I also took a flower of life workshop. Yeah, Germbalo. Exactly. Mm -hmm. And I took that in around 2007. And I'm not a mathematician, but I'm my my gifts are intuitive. And so intuitively, I I understood it. Mm -hmm. Mathematically, forget about it. But intuitively, I, you know, I really got it. And so um, I had that in my backpack. And I just, I, I, I found megalithomania in um, 2011, a conference put together by Hugh Newman, who's a dowser. Mm-hmm. And so I started watching these great presentations by people that were doing field work and going out there and, you know, seeing things in South America that are in Turkey. Um, like, you know, there's same things mm-hmm. and and so i'm gathering a lot of information um not interested I, I haven't watched anything mainstream in a very long time and it doesn't do anything for me but this other stuff i'm really interested in the hidden history mm-hmm. and and then um i just feel like i've noticed things my whole life that were out of place um they out of place artifacts Mm-hmm. Um, it, places that I've lived and things like that. And yes. when I went to England, England in in 2010, I went to a place where my mother's family was from in England, called Bradford, mm-hmm. on Avon. And there was a threshing barn there that I wanted to go see. That was in all the family records that we had. Big, you know, big stone building. And as I was leaving, I looked to my left and I saw a flower of life carved into the stone. Wow. And it was like, oh, what's that doing there? And then as I looked around this place, everything was, you know, everything was made out of stone. It was up high. And I'm thinking, gee, these people were sure comfortable with stone. And Mm -hmm. then um, the elevated canals go through that area. Mm -hmm. And, you know, there's again, there's a story for everything. Um, but this original civilization was a canal building civilization. Definitely. And Definitely. a lot of them are dried up now mm-hmm. <laughs> or, you know, called, called rivers or creeks or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I'm 
I'm gathering this information and and before we hit hit before you hit record, I mentioned dousing. Um, and it was through megalithomania that I learned about Hamish Miller and other dowsers, mm -hmm. uh, Gary Biltcliffe, Hugh Newman, um, and others that were finding these ley lines mm -hmm. and tracking them. And I'm not a dowser, um, but what I found was, I'm going to share my screen. Perfect. Let me make sure you can if share. You can... Yes, please. There we go. So what I found was um, what I call the North American star tetrahedron. And had I never taken the Flower of Life slash sacred geometry class, I would never have even known what I was looking at. Mm -hmm. But I, I started to see lines lining up. And a friend of mine that I was traveling with um, got the map for me because she thought I needed it. And so um, it was on my dining room table and I would look at it while I was eating. And and then I found this line at Edmonton and I took it to Ottawa and then I took it down here and I was able to finish it out. And, and that was basically knowing the dimensions of the star tetrahedron. Mm -hmm. um, initially from the Flower of Life course, but a lot of the people I just mentioned, like Hugh Newman and, and some others would talk about things in their findings that had the dimensions of the star tetrahedron. Um, Hugh specifically talked about, um, had something to do with with planets, but the, the dimensions of the geometry of, of the star tetrahedron are very significant. I want to say 19.47 19.47 degrees has something to do with these here. The ones that go across. Mm -hmm. um, when you really get into it, it's fascinating. And my work is based on this shape that I found. Um, because by this time, I knew the ancients were precise. And then I just extended the lines out and wrote them down and spread what lined up in spreadsheets. And I, I did it according to the shape here. And then um, because I knew about sacred geometry, I did long distance linear alignments and circular alignments, and I found a lot of stuff. I mean, that's basically why I'm sitting here talking to you today, <laughs> you what, know, having anything to say. <laughs> what, 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 what grabs me about this star tetrahedron, um, if you don't mind me interjecting a personal anecdote with this, is that I in 2007 I was I was exposed to Dravalo's work also and I was doing his his uh meditation where you actually put yourself in the merkaba and what I found was the way he was describing it it wasn't actually what I was experiencing naturally what I what was natural for me is like you see your two triangles that are overlapping the star tetrahedron and then the center line that touches like the diamond that's created from those two overlapping. So like if if you have like your star David and then you were to draw a line right from like it's it's essentially going right through the center of that. That's what I found to be like the axis mundi in my body. 
So instead of a triangle being up and a triangle being down, what I found was I was much more in an hourglass shape. And that hourglass is because I had a, a triangle pointing to the left side and I had a triangle pointing to the right side, but it was in three dimensions. And when it would spin, the vertical line was the Shishumna. That was what was being pulling me up. And that felt really good. When I tried to encapsulate a, a triangle up and a triangle down, it was it my my system didn't interact well with it. And the reason why I bring this up is it's very pertinent that this center line that you have that's going through this, like I wish I could read the the different cities that it's going through. So it's the line that's above, so like Saint. Den yeah, the Denver is right here. That's Denver. So it's about where the airport is. I think they've got it clogged up. Okay, so not the center line that's going uh, vertical that way. If you take that Denver and go to the right, up, like towards, yeah, that line. That's the center line that I'm talking about. That line pretty much takes you to true magnetic north of Earth. Did you know that? Like if we if we could expand that out, that that picture that you did right there of your star tetrahedron, that line will take you right to magnetic north, like pure magnetic north. And that's actually relevant for our body because I have a feeling like our bodies are just a fractal of the whole. <laughs> we in the mm, way they are. and like the way like cuz I douse and um like what happens is the body gets very clear like you you clear you clear your will power per se and depending on where you hold your rods will tell you what type of energy that you're actually dealing with and when you're dealing with electricity like with a ley line you hold the rods up by your heart because your heart is an electrical cavitation device <laughs> it's a it's a cavitate uh, i'll just call it an electrical cavitator and the ley lines will do their thing if you're if you're crossing them but what you'll feel when you come over a nexus point like when you have a ley line say passing a dragon path is you feel this energy shooting up through the top of your head like like it's like north <laughs> north being up in a way and that's what i kind of get from your star tetrahedron here did, did you ever did you ever make that connection that that center line right there takes you to true magnetic north not this line but i did a circle alignment from merida mexico that took me across magnetic north or the north pole so i, I found it a different way on a different alignment but i did find it this is awesome because um, i'm looking yeah. at like I'm it, go ahead no i was just going to say um when i was so bear with me this was on a a map that was flat right my map is really tattered now but this map <laughs> and i i could only go so far with it so i superimposed this image on a, a globe and then i was able to follow the alignments that way because i couldn't see the other side on the this map 
-hmm. I wanted to take them around the world and I can only take them to the edge of the map, but it works. And I'm, I'm, I'm at this point, I didn't have an opinion when I started, but I know they've messed with our perception of space and time and place. And I'm, you know, I'm of the opinion we're on a plane as opposed to a, or Taurus, <laughs> but regardless, it still works. These, these ley lines still work. Yes. And so, <laughs> so I can't explain why I just know that they work because of the information that I've gotten doing the tracking. Can, can I show um, you, of, can I show you a different map and then we could, we could nerd hard on this, uh, this other map. Okay, um, let me just mention something real quick. Um, what was interesting was it goes, this, this line up here goes right through Isle Royale, which is where ancient copper mines are located. Uh... And I learned, learned about those from um, Frank Joseph, wrote a book about them. You know, of course, mm -hmm. they're like <laughs> showing pictures of Indians in loincloths mining the. No copper <laughs> and then the copper something across the ocean to europe things like that during the bronze age but it's um you know the story the story they tell us just just does not make any sense you know that the mound builders were building mounds one basket full of dirt at a time and they were perfectly lined up to the stars <laughs> and you know you mentioned earlier the the buildings that you saw with domes in south america um they lined up with astronomical events. Yes. Um, lighthouses do. Um, it was, mm -hmm. everything was lined perfectly. And so, you know, again, they want us to believe all that's random. No. <laughs> I mean, no way. <laughs> no, there, there was a, there was a higher consciousness as a, as a, as a, I would say as a, to, as a overall, uh, how do I do this? I want to show you this map. Check this out. I don't know if you've ever seen this. This is so cool. And to see these alignments, all you have to do is is Google solar alignment with Capitol building. I, I mean, I know there's a beautiful picture of the state Capitol building in Austin, Texas with the moon over it. Mm -hmm. I mean, the, the evidence is out there. <laughs> there is. There absolutely is. So I'm I'm an amateur astronomer. I've been in uh, to real sky celestics for fourteen years, and so the model of my like I'm constantly updating like how I model the world. And uh, this this map right here was made by uh, Ronnie and Jason of um, what is their channel on YouTube? Um, I'll think of it in a second, <clears throat> but they essentially go off the premise that we live in a holographic reality, but it's a holographic reality that's based off um, the biblical narrative, but the biblical narrative in itself is a holographic story. It's not a literal story. It's a holographic story that is timeless, and you can take parts of the Bible at any time and apply it to life, which I, I think is really a radical, awesome idea. What I love about their model, this is their model of, of the earth. 
is they said in the Bible, there's actually four corners. <laughs> it's a plane. It's it's stationary. But and this is the way like this is the Tropic of Cancer. This is the Tropic of Capricorn. And this is the way the sun and the moon, this would be essentially like the plane ecliptic, right? And the reason why this is such a fascinating, absolutely wonderful model and map that I found is it's the only map where the longitude and latitude lines actually equate to what we experience as time. Like the, the, the time increments relative to the light cycle. There's no other map out there that can explain it. You know, we know the globe isn't, isn't, you know, the truth. <laughs> and, but the flat earth people have their thing and stuff like that. Say like, it's just a, you know, a, essentially a, a circle with these bodies spinning like this, but that you, you don't have a dipolar model with that. You have a unipolar model with this. And what I like about this map is that it's a dipolar model. There's actually two poles and it actually is flat. And this actually matches what we experience on a time scale. And what I would love to do is take like your work and then like map it. Because this is apparently like the, this is the actual sizes of, of these continents, right? I would love to take your geometries and place it on this. I'll send you this map and you could have fun and see what you think about it. In, in looking at this, what do you, do you see any validity in this as being a, um, a workable map or model for what we're in? You know, what we're, what we have isn't probably worth the paper that it's on <laughs> i'm guessing <laughs> you know like the stories they tell about it you know so i think any any thinking outside of the box and along these lines because we we are in a holographic universe we are holographic ourselves right we're a model of the universe and so um you know that there's been so much taken from us in terms of our own power and our own abilities you know, taught to not trust it, not believe it, you know, it's woo woo or whatever. And it's our birthright. And so, you know, we're all trying to figure out exactly what this realm is. And I think any, any work that's put into that is super important. Now, all they've left us with are the longitude and latitude. They took the ley lines off the maps. Right. And so um, you see them on older maps, um, like the Catalan Atlas of 1385 and others I've come across where you still see it. And I've also come across Mercator's work showing them disappearing. Um, and he was a globe maker also in the yes. 1500s. So check this out. So he was part of that. So I bet you, I haven't done it yet, if you take this this line, like the way, because I've, I've been pretty deep in with studying magnetics. Like I've had a couple of devices that, I've, that I was going to patent that dealt with very high level magnetics. And the thing, 
whenever you're dealing with high level magnetics, you start to learn that what we are taught about magnets isn't really right. <laughs> and every magnetic pole actually has two poles. It has a, a weak and a strong. And then on the other side, like if it was just a simple bar magnet, then it would have a weak and a strong on both sides. So there's four poles. When you have ring magnets, you actually have um, what's considered a, a primary south on this outside, and then you have a north on the inside. And the reason why I bring up magnetics with, when you bring up ley lines is because a lot of our ley lines have to do with magnetic lines of force and telluric currents that are actually in the ground. And so this is this is something that and it's not just in the ground, but like it, it's it's transmitted through the ground. And I bet you if we were to take this um, coordinate system, because this is an accurate, this is the world's only accurate coordinate system. If you were to map the the previous map that I just had on there on it, that gives you the perfect coordinate system. And as somebody that's remote viewed, your consciousness goes to wherever the coordinate is. It doesn't, there is no scale that is part of that. It's just like, whatever the coordinate is, it, your consciousness can be there. Like it, it's just, there is no, I guess you would say distance per se. So there is no scale. Does that make sense? It makes sense. Um, it's, you know, again, they've purposely kept our abilities from us. So <laughs> I don't know if we can do these things. And yeah. there was, there was something I wanted to add to that. And, and it has to do with the, the magnetism and the telluric lines. Um, I fall, followed a long distance alignment in two direct, two directions. Yes. And I was looking for mines and mineral correlations, and I found one at every data point that I had. And so I think the the original civilization had certain minerals at certain places on these ley lines to yes. help with this um, conductivity and you know the whole system. And then, um, not my re research per se, but other people that I know, when you uh, correlate that with the celestial grid. Mm -hmm. like celestial triangle and other um, star formations, cor uh, constellations, um, you have that mirrored on the earth mm -hmm. and interesting things coming from that. And I want to go back to the 19.47 uh, degrees of the tetrahedron real quick because um, two things that come to mind. One is the observatory at Mauna Loa in Hawaii mm -hmm. is at 19.47 degrees and that's like wrapped up tighter than you can imagine by the government and the military yes definitely at least used to be and then um gosh there was a a young man he was he was my age and he died of brain cancer and he wrote a book. Let me see if I can find it. I know I remember the name of the book. And if I can find the book, uh, I can find him. Temple at the Center of Time. And um, his name is David Flynn. And he was really ahead of his time. Um, you know, I mean, it's entirely possible he was taken out mm -hmm. because he was so far ahead of his time. 
um, but he died relatively young. I think he was 49 when he passed away from brain, brain cancer. Oof. And there's a lot of really good nuggets in, in that particular book, The Temple at the Center of Time. Um, and he was looking at the Temple of Jerusalem. I think it might have been the Cora Concha in Peru. Mm -hmm. And um, that might have, and Cusco might have been the original Jerusalem and that temple, the Cora mm -hmm. Concha as the temple at the center of time. But he was looking at the one in Israel. Um, but he was talking about Roswell. And that took place in 1947. Mm -hmm. um, and I, I just want to bring those things up because there's there's something supernatural about these these ley lines and coordinates and so forth. So um, there, I got to tell you, when I was watching your videos as they came out and when you were bringing up uh, what is the area Telluride in Colorado? And at that very time that you were bringing that video out, I was taking the homeopathic remedy of tellurium. <laughs> so it was like, I was, I was all ears, you know, I, I would like to get into the different gates that you have presented in North America, because I think that is essential knowledge for anybody in North America, the three gates and all and the corresponding precious metals that you have going on with that. The one thing I don't think that we touched enough on is you're bringing up the supernatural and we have to tell people about the Philadelphia experiment, this 1947, like, let's get into it. Yep. So, so the Philadelphia experiment, when I first started looking into it was um, July 22nd of 1942. Mm -hmm. And I believe the, controllers, the cabal, the 13 families, whoever was behind this. Um, they, I mean, they, they had it all planned out and um, they created a, a time loop. And I'm, I'm going to explain a little bit more about what I think that means in just a moment between 1492 and 1942. Mm -hmm. And I don't think they dragged us back through time but when i say a loop it's what they hung the new history on mm -hmm. and and so you know you mentioned palindromes earlier mm -hmm. so 1492 is a palindrome of 1942 uh, 1942 was halfway through world war ii and a lot of things were going on in 1942 um including the beginning of concentration camps and things like that Mm -hmm. started around that time you know so just a lot of atrocities going on i mean this, mm -hmm. this whole has been a genocidal push to get rid of you know humans as we know them yes by, by very jealous beings mm -hmm. and and so um you know again a lot, a lot of people are more in a comfort zone with it being a natural event but it, i don't think there's any way they could have come in and done what they did mm -hmm. you know essentially being shovel ready to dig everything out and start mining the heck out of everything which is what they've been doing there's mm -hmm. gigantic holes in the earth and and so um it was all part of a plan and i'll, I'll get into the minerals in just a second i just want to um i felt this way for a long time but 
I found proof of of this whole idea um, when I was doing research. Um, recovering lost history from the estuaries, pine barrens, and elite enclaves of the Atlantic Northeast coast of the United States. Yes. And there's a lot of weirdness. Gardner <laughs> um, Island. When, yeah, <laughs> when you really, when you really get into this whole thing, there's a lot of weirdness, um, which is another indicator that it's occult based. Um, had something to do with trains, uh, and the, the trains were part of the original civilization and part of the free energy system. Yes. Uh, so were subways and streetcars. And in the Pine Barrens, you I mean you find railroad tracks, trees growing in them nowadays. Um, but I think that's part of the 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 proof. But when I uh, when I was doing this research, I was just going to look in this area in New Jersey, in uh, the Great Egg Harbor area, and I got pulled in by the Pine Barrens mm -hmm. um, because I was looking at the New Jersey Pine Barrens, which is swampy, boggy land, and then I found um, I said there are two others on the Atlantic coast. One is in Long Island, and one is Cape Cod, and so. I stayed here. I was like, oh my gosh, this is like a gold mine. Because <laughs> mm -hmm. um, I was just going to like look at this place in New Jersey and move on. And it's like, nope, got to stay. Um, and again, you get the whole story, the colonizers coming in, what we're told about who was there. And they were hunter gatherers. And, um, you know, again, so many atrocities have happened. Their language is extinct. And their language is related to uh, Egyptian, mm -hmm. uh, Abmedjuneter. Um, and they were extinct a long time ago. You've got the Moorish buildings in Atlantic City, you know, like this mm -hmm. one in the boardwalk. You get these fantastic stories about, um, you know, Atlantic City was incorporated in 1854, and there's a lot happening around that time. The railroads are coming in. So I think they were getting them serviceable to be used. Pretty soon it became a resort. Um, more and more people coming. They had to build all these hotels that were actually already there. But again, this is supposedly by <laughs> how dare you, know, you? 18, <laughs> 1874. <laughs> you know, they're they're building like this where we don't even have cars yet. <laughs> and they're just doing this um, incredible feats of building and architecture. For for the audience out there, I'm just gonna bring <laughs> bring a point of fact about construction. When you see massive masonry buildings, you're talking about tremendous amount of weight. So when they have all these pictures in these historical pictures of a building that's done, and then they'll show you a side profile of the building and it's just an elevation. And they'll present that elevation as if it's actually structural plans. It's not structural plans. It's just an elevation. And then you look at the city block that's on and the roads could never have handled the weight of all the, the building materials that went to go build the building. It's a common sense thing. If it's a heavy building, all that weight needed to move there somehow. And if the roads weren't developed, that makes no sense. 
Or let's say the roads were caked with mud, a ton of mud. You know, you have to think about these things. It's kind of hard to to see it, but it like that looks in muddy. this picture here, you've got the horse and buggy. You know, um, people on foot, possibly train. You know, rails rails there. It's hard to tell there. Um, but that's again, that story is repeated over and over again. Yes. In our narrative. And um, so they're telling us about all these new railroad lines that were pop popping up and they're going right through the swampy and forbidding pine barrens. Um, and again, you, you've got railroad tracks, you've got trains out in the middle of nowhere. Mm -hmm. And, and what I, what I'm seeing more and more is um, it just, everything just stopped <laughs> when this happened. And so you find things like that. Mm -hmm. um, <laughs> that's, that's the only conclusion I can come to. Can you share, that would be can there. you share your timeline? Like, so let's go like, so it's a palindrome 1942. The that's the center line of this palindrome, correct? Where the, when the Philadelphia mm -hmm. experiment happened, seventeen seventeen is the center line. Okay, seventeen nineteen forty two is one boundary year. Fourteen ninety two is another. Okay. Um, before we do that, um, you know, there's just so much. It's hard to distill it down, but I just wanted to point out um, this line. It's a it's a linear alignment and the and the pins are where it popped up when I typed in central pine barrens. That's where it popped up. Southeastern pine barrens right there. And that's Plymouth. So that's supposedly where the pilgrims landed. Mm -hmm. And and so there's this looks like a ley line. <laughs> it's going right down to Philadelphia. So um there's a significant place here at Ong. Um and then Philadelphia is right here. So it's like right next to it. Um, and then I just wanted to point point out, let me just show you this. So this is Plymouth Rock. And when you go to Plymouth, because I, I was here when I was like about 15, 14 or 15, you don't even notice what it's in. You just look at the rock. Yeah, look and, at that you know, structure. Again, there's, a, <laughs> there's a story for it, you know, is a whole convoluted story that this was supposed to have been built in 1921. And this architectural firm of McKim, Mead, and White shows up a lot ah. for having built these. So this is the Plymouth, uh, the Pilgrim Monument in Provincetown, Massachusetts, near there. And this is a tower in um, Siena, Italy, that it was supposed to have been modeled after. You know, instead of it was already there. Um, Can't have that. This beautiful structure. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> Um, so anyway, what I wanted to show everybody is, we'll skip over Gardner Island too, though that's an interesting one. Woohoo, Gardner! Um, right on the eastern tip of Long Island, the first place that was settled in New York in the 1600s by Lion Gardner. My and peeps! Whole, <laughs> whole interesting story behind that. Um, but what's on this eastern tip of Long Island is um, Montauk Point, where the Montauk project was supposed to have taken place at Camp Hero. Mm -hmm. 
Plum Island is right there, and that's a bioweapons facility. And then um, the Brookhaven National Laboratory is, is here. And I, I would encourage anybody that is interested in learning more about this, just go to my website. Mm -hmm. And um, there's a ton of information in this one. So you've got Montauk, Montauk Project. You've got, you know, the series Stranger Things was based on on that for mm -hmm. anybody that's seen that. Now you've got Plum Island there that where the bioweapons, biolab is. You've got Montauk Point. And then not too far away, you have Brookhaven National Laboratory. And a lot of, so th throughout this whole area, there's just a lot of ruined, sunken land. And um, you've got a mirror of CERN at this laboratory. So it's like, this is the one on Long Island at Brookhaven. It's a reverse of CERN. So it looks like it's set up exactly the same way. When you say reverse, could you explain that? So this is the, called the Relativ Relativistic Heavy Iron Collider, Ion Collider, or RHIC. And it's um, the first and one of two operating heavy ion colliders and the only spin polarized proton collider ever, ever built. So it's, it's spinning in the opposite direction. And the other one is the uh, Large Hadron Collider at CERN. Mm. And so if you, I mean, they look like they're set up pretty much the same. So they've got, you know, these four stations here, you've got four stations here. So it appears to be um, operating, maybe in, in connection or something like that with CERN. And so you've got Plum Island, Montauk Point and Brookhaven all together. And, and all along the coast, you have land that's like estuaries, it's sunk, you know, and this is the places that the elite want their, to buy. They want to live prime mm. real estate. Um, Martha's Vineyards in this area up here off the coast. Um, so like, this is what they want. Um, you know, the South shore of Long Island here you know, and again, it, it looks marshy, sunken. Um, you have the Vanderbilts, the Roosevelt's, the Whitney's, the Morgan's, the Woolworth's building summer mansions on this stretch of land here. So there's something about it that they coveted. And then you have things like, um, there's a, a light rail that goes through Jamaica Bay you know, like this area in here, you've got the JFK International Airport right here. Um, this is where Coney Island is here. And there were three major trolley parks here. A lot of star forts, a lot of lighthouses. So there's there's just a, a lot going on in this area here. You know, um, is, is this an extension like with is this an extension of the Philadelphia experiment in your in your mind's eye? Like when in you... my mind's eye, the the energy energy went through this ley line 
Okay. And 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 was the directed attack, shall we say, on the Earth's grid system. Mm -hmm. So it went through the line. Um, like I said, the Philadelphia Naval Yard is right there. All this, this stuff going on, you know, all kinds of research. It's just there's an anomalous place here. And so this was like the first time I, I ever found like physical evidence for my belief that it had something to do with it, even though I, I believe that when I started doing this because of a lot of the things that Peter Moon talked about and, you know, just just the direction that things went for me. I mean, I don't think we got to this messy place by ourselves. I think it was no. a very well planned out effort. And yeah. um, and then you have this architecture. This was uh, Luna Park on Coney Island. You know, it's beautiful. They call it Oriental, but it's also Moorish. Mm -hmm. And then at night, it was all lit up beautifully. And is this around anymore? Um, there's a, it was destroyed in 1944 and 46. So two fires and was gone by 1946 and then today there's like an amusement park there but it's nothing nothing at all like it was and it's not affiliated with the original one so they've been spending a lot of time destroying this um civilization there's still a lot left but a lot has been destroyed and they've deconstructed the energy grid um, the you know, tech with tech and things like that. Mm -hmm. So as far as the, um, you know, the idea of the, the time loop, um, what was really interesting was when I, I was thinking about it. And then um, a friend of mine who is kind of like a psychic, um, she gets information and like mm -hmm. <laughs> breathing. Mm -hmm. um, she came to visit me when I was really thinking about it. And she was actually um, down to see my roommate at the time, who is a reader. But she stopped by and she poked her head in. She said, oh, I see your guides. They want me to tell you something. The first thing was what you're mulling is correct. And that was the, you know, 1492, 1942. Mm -hmm. 1717 is the midpoint year and she said and they're showing me a picture of Ireland and 1742 and she said on one side it's white and frozen on the other side it's green and sunny and so the, that's the only reason I looked up Ireland in 1742 had she not stopped by and said that I would never have looked it up mm -hmm. and the only things that came up were the um Great Frost of Ireland, which took place between 1740 and 1741, and Handel's Messiah premiered in 1742 in Dublin in Ireland, which mm -hmm. would have been right after that had taken place. And so I've theorized that the Philadelphia experiment went back in time and created a rip in the fabric of space-time that allowed for the incarnation of the Rothschilds because Mayor Amschel Rothschild was born in 1744, just a mm. couple of years after that, mm -hmm. in Frankfurt. And then Adam Weishaupt, the founder of the Bavarian Order of the Illuminati, was born in 1748 in Wiesbaden. 
and, and then the progenitor of the royal houses of Europe, Duke Francis of Saxe-Coburg and Saalfeld was born in 1750. And his lineage included Prince Albert and Queen Victoria, um, but other of his offspring married other royal houses, but Victoria and Albert were responsible for, you know, besides England, they were marrying off and mm -hmm. <laughs> replacing the royalty of Europe with this obscure ducal line. Um, and, it, you know, I think they were part of what came in. Mm -hmm. And and then when I was looking around 1717, so 1492 is the year of the fall of the Moors in, in Spain. Mm -hmm. So Granada fell and they capitulated to Isabella and Ferdinand. Um, Columbus set sail um, in 1493. Pope Alexander VI issued the Intercetera Bull, which essentially authorized the land grab of the new, new world. It's mm -hmm. like, you can take it. Yours. because I said so yeah um, and that's what a papal bull was um and then so that was 1492 a lot a lot happened in 1492 that was the year that um a grammar book for Castilian Spanish was published um again supposedly um I think a lot of history before a certain period of time is backfill Right, uh, and they were just like writing books and filling it in and giving mm -hmm. us that as a a basis. And then at some point, history became real with them in it. You know, they're still lying to us because they're telling us they built everything, but something happened. Yeah. So they were probably making the all the infrastructure serviceable again, the railroads, the subways, the canals, digging the mud out of the canals. Um, but some interesting things happened, like in 1717, that was the year that the premier Grand Lodge of England was founded, the Masonic Lodge there, Freemasonic Lodge. Mm -hmm. The year that the Analuchus was adopted was 1717 by that lodge, um, which is essentially, it's, it's based on the Anno Mundi, which was the calendar that said creation happened in 4,000 bc is when the earth was formed and so the masons just add four thousand years to whatever year it is mm -hmm. for their analucius year um but the you know it's not our light no. <laughs> it's their light <laughs> mm -hmm. not the same no so they they want to replace our guy and us with them yes so um other things that happened was uh, the the Georgian house, the House of Hanover, um, came in in seventeen fourteen with King George the first, and and so this was the replacement line for the Stuarts, the House of Stuarts, who were the original royals. Mm -hmm. um, and I'm you know I'm finding I think there's a whole bunch of made up stuff around all of that. I mean, I think King James was a real character, but not what they tell us. I think he was connected with the House of Solomon mm. and um, that the original the original people 
the, were the original tribes of Israel. And, um, and like I said, that's the harmony. I mean, they were laid out in certain, like in a 360 degrees, mm -hmm. like the, you know, the face of a clock, <laughs> one, yeah. two, three, four, you know, and it was like that all over the earth. Yeah. Um, and that um, they, they took that legacy as their own. And um, they had a little bit of Stuart blood in them because King James's daughter Elizabeth was married to uh, a German elector and their daughter, uh, Princess Sophie, was the mother of King George I. And so they did have a little bit of Stuart blood in them. Um, and there's a whole whole bunch of stuff that happened to make that happen because Sophie was in line for the throne and there was another Stuart in line for the to, uh, for their throne but they both died like within days of each other in 1714 and so king george ascended to the throne and then on july 17th of 1717 uh handel premiered water music on a barge on the thames um with king george the first 200 years later on 717 1917 was when King George of England changed the family name from Saxe Coburg and Gotha to Windsor. Mm. And, you know, so supposedly it was because of the anti-German sentiment of the first world war, but, um, they, you know, they weren't, nice little rebrand there, kind of, kind of hide the skeletons a little bit better that way. But that that gets into the numerology and how they use it also. You know, mm -hmm. what is it about, you know, the sevens and the seventeens and seventeen seventeen and nineteen seventeen and um you know, and again just when you look at the historical narrative and all the things that happened, you know, the, the wars that we know about, World War One, World War Two, the Napoleonic Wars, it was like all of that was brought in to start taking over and destroying infrastructure star forts and mm -hmm. you know whatever else they didn't want around so they were prime targets they call them a military fortification and justify the bombing of it right um and other beautiful buildings so i was I, as well i mean i'm of the mind i mean that's the whole shenanigans that's going on all throughout the middle east the last 25 years is just like let's let's essentially just dustify this whole area that had just incredible architecture, any, any, any proof of the previous civilization. And, you know, the fact that it was, was planned, I'm going to go ahead and share my screen um, and pull up um, Albert Pike. And Morals and dogma fame. And the world, and the world wars. And so, you know, the whole idea that it was, planned out <laughs> yep um a long time ago and i did find evidence that this letter actually you know that this actually happened it was in a letter to giuseppe massini who was an italian who followed adam weishaupt as the um leader of the bavarian illuminati and that was in the mid 19th century um so in the you know the 1800s so for the first world war 
um, he's, let's see. The First World War must be brought about in order to permit the Illuminati to overthrow the power of the czars in Russia and of Russia, oh, and of making that country a fortress of atheistic communism, which is what happened. Yes. This is supposed to be written around 1870, 1871, somewhere in there. He was so prescient. <laughs> <laughs> and, and then, um, let's see. And he was a, he was like a major leader of the, um, of the Freemasons. And, you know, and some interest information is hard to find. Um, they just don't make it easy, but it's, but it's there, you know, you just kind of have to keep looking for it. Well, I read his morals and dogma. Okay. We have it in our library. Okay. And it's it's more than prescient. Let's just put it that way. <laughs> okay, so let me let me just get to the smaller. I'll move this over. So the Second World War must be fomented by taking advantage of the differences between the fascists and the political Zionists. This war must be brought about so that Nazism is destroyed and that the political Zionism is strong enough to institute a sovereign state of Israel and Palestine. During the Second World War, international communism must become strong enough in order to balance Christendom, which would then be restrained and held in check until the time when we would need it for the final social cataclysm. And I believe um, 1947, you know, get back to 1947, was the year uh, State of Israel. Yes was was um the balfour declaration happened okay so the third world war um is what we're what they're trying to do now though i think things were accelerated <laughs> it's not going to work out the way they planned um, but this one, it says the Third World War must be fomented by taking advantage of the differences caused by the agent tour of the Illuminati between the political Zionists and the leaders of the Islamic world. The war must be conducted in such a way that Islam, the Muslim Arabic world, and political Zionism, the state of Israel, mutually destroy each other. Mm -hmm. So that's what they're trying to do right now. Um, you know, so when you get into this whole thing being planned out a long time ago, and I just want to share um, how they've just um, fragmented everything from what it was originally. So it's like they took the symbols of the Moors, and then they just split it all out to yes. have different meanings. Um, but the meaning of Islam is completely different from what we've been led to believe by by the organized religion and what they did do with holy books. So they did get in there. I mean, I don't think it's it's not all rewritten, but but they put in there what they wanted. 
And so, you know, you, you get into this, you know, very um, belligerent, warlike Islam that we know today, radical Islam. But when you look at the Islam on the Moors, it's completely different. Mm -hmm. I, from the creator of the universe, representing mother and child from whence you came, self, each one of us is a trinity, this being the symbol of civilization, law, the length and width, the length, angle and width of the cosmic energies that marked you, and the joining of two trinities, male and female principles, the triune which creates another I am, and master, this being the glyph for the planet Earth of which we are on and aspire to be master navigators on. Mm -hmm. You know, so it's, it's just not anything like what we've all been taught, you know, and the conditioning, unfortunately, is very strong and very divisive. That's absolutely you know, beautiful. <laughs> I've, I, I've never seen that, 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 uh, pictorial like that description of islam before that's so awesome so if you look into like sufism um which is like the inner practice of islam yes um that's that's what the moors were practicing uh rumi you know yeah. the whole idea of you know the connection with the divine oh, i love um, rumi you know, it was not at all. And like I said, the, the Moors that I know are just absolutely beautiful people. Mm -hmm. um, just amazing. And and a lot of them are quite, quite psychic. Yeah. <laughs> <It's> like... <laughs> well, when you're that tapped in, you would be because I think the <laughs> what we're calling psychic is just like actually having your all your faculties. You know, the that's something that's been kind of bred out of us one way or another. It's, it's nuts. And I'm just, I'm, I'm grateful because my main thing is intuition. It seems to be into intuition and synchronicity. Right. And so I don't see anything. I don't hear anything. I just, I just have this knowing. <laughs> yes. Um. And I'm really trying to, I'm just really trying to figure things out the best way that I know how, but I also felt very strongly when I first started doing this work was that people needed different information mm -hmm. upon which to base their decisions because we've all been lied to, you know, we're next. <laughs> That's the direction they were heading in. You know, they're just going to flip the script, you know, whereas they eradicated the Moors. Now they're going to bring back, you know, the whole color thing and, you know, get rid of people with <laughs> white skin color. That's yeah. what they're trying to do. That's what critical race theory is. You know, I mean, you know, it's just, it's just part of the same playbook. So they want to keep us divided. They want to keep us angry. They want to keep us mad at each other. And it's like, you know, blow the whistle, stop. You know, we gotta, we gotta look at this differently. So I need I need a clarification here with with how how you brought up the the palindrome. So we have 1492, 1942, 1717 as the middle point. What 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 
Well, I guess the better question is who are these entities that entered in? Are they a non-human entity? Is it like more of like a spiritual? Because we already established that you and I both feel like this is God's hologram, right? So if it's God's hologram, it's all spiritual in a way. So do you have a bead on the the who is the one that instigated this, essentially the erasure of the higher consciousness of the planet? And humanity as we know it. Yes. The only, the only humans they want, they want messed up and they want controllable. Mm-hmm. And that's that was the direction things were going in, and you know we can we see that playing out now. But um, so I I do think fallen angels are in the mix, mm-hmm. maybe not as incarnates, possibly, but I think the incarnates are more like archons, mm-hmm. um, parasitic souls, possibly reptilians. Um, I don't think that's far-fetched. Mm-hmm. Um, if I don't think the Philadelphia experiment's far-fetched as an explanation, I don't. I don't think the idea that there are other there's other life in the universe, and some of them are good, and some of them aren't. <laughs> and um, so, I mean, I mean, I think you know when you look at some of the horrible things that have happened. Um, you know, children missing. Mm-hmm. You know that the royals go to a boarding school in Canada, and kids turn up missing. You know right. where they go. Mm-hmm. Um, that they're not. You know, <laughs> they're not what we think they are right. at all. Um, and so there's, you know, again, if you start looking for it, you can find it. I mean, you can find the evidence that they're not human and shapeshifters and that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I don't think the pedophilia is a sexual thing. I think it's an energy thing. They're, yeah. they're stealing human energy Definitely. and messing. You know. um, if the, if that person survives, they're damaged for life. If they don't survive their, their energy, mm-hmm. um, you know, so, that to me that's what that's about is they're they're preying on us especially the younger ones yes um so so there's some of that um i don't really know a lot about it i mean i've heard anunnaki they could be part of this um and the whole we were created as a slave (laughs) as a slave Mm -hmm. race and then um the Anunnaki that actually was a geneticist put the God gene in us and turned us into gods and and created the beings that became the Moors and that for a long time everything was going great and then these beings were like we're not gonna let that happen you know this is the whole idea of an ancient vendetta against the family of man in the house of Solomon um, and Richard Smith talks about that. Mm-hmm. Uh, his, there's a video of his um, called European Confessions of a Moorish Legacy, where he goes into that whole idea. Mm. 
and and that was one of the first things I found about the Moors because it's really like I said it's really hard to find information I mean it's it's tucked away it's tucked away in the classic literature they tell us it's in Shakespeare and mm -hmm. other early plays um but you know they have to tell us what they're doing yes but they they get they get around it by lying to us or telling us in in movies and books so we don't know <laughs> we're being told mm -hmm. anything because we have to choose right yeah <clears throat> it has to be free will so the only way they can get our free will is by manipulating our emotions mm -hmm. well it sounds like they... the hegelian it sounds like you have you have some really good hope for us you know, going forward, I, I, I've heard like five or six times in this interview that uh, like you actually think that their timeline has been interrupted or maybe not so much their timeline, but their intentions have been interrupted. What tell me, what are you seeing that makes you feel that way? I think in the next little while, it's going to become more visible to the general public but there's really a lot that's been going on behind the scenes and i can tell you that if the election in 2016 had gone the other way we'd be in deep trouble mm -hmm. <laughs> we'd be in deep trouble because she mm -hmm. was part of it very much a part of it mm -hmm. and a lot of things have been put in place um because that didn't happen and I think we are close to seeing a much more positive outcome than what was planned for us. Mm -hmm. Now I've been I've been hopeful and waiting for a long time now, and it hasn't happened visibly yet. But there are things that are happening that are rather exciting, and um, they lost control. And um, I don't think things are as they appear i th i think things have been allowed to be revealed so that people would wake up mm -hmm. and see for themselves you know so when you have parents in you know school board meetings arguing that there shouldn't be pornographic material in their kids library and they're getting pushed back you know they're being asked to leave um you know, they, they, they read it and they say, oh, no, we can't, we can't hear that. <laughs> or you can't hear it. And then why, why is it okay for my kid? You know, there's just this whole agenda that's being shoved down people's throats. Mm -hmm. And, you know, people aren't on board with that. I mean, most people didn't get the memo that you're supposed to, you know, want to coddle mentally ill <laughs> people and agendas and all the things that are going on right now. So that's visible. You know, people are seeing what's going on in the Middle East right now, and um, I think that's unraveling. And I, from what I see, um, the state of Israel doesn't exist anymore as of a couple of days ago, the 31st of October. It, their lease expired. Yeah, their lease is expired. So all of the corporations that were registered there are done. I think a new financial system is coming in. It might be a little bumpy, but it's going to be um, gold standard and not us with our birth certificates. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I think Nisara and Desara is a real thing. What's that? I don't know what that and, is. 
um, it's, let me see if I can, um, it's exciting. So if you want to find that again, just type in more Marsh Islam and you'll be able to find it in there. So it was supposed to happen a long time ago, but, but it was stopped by the bad guys. Um, but it's supposed to be a very, very beneficial thing for us. And, um, I just, I'm just pulling something up because it's a new, I mean, it'll be a new chapter when it, when it gets, um, implemented. Um, forgives all debt due to illegal banking and government activities. I mean, because they've been stealing from us forever. Yeah. Dissolves the IRS and ends all income tax. Um, creates flat rate non-essential new item, items only sales tax. Returns constitutional law to all courts and legal matters. Um, I think we're heading towards that very quickly. Um, who, who is my, who is doing this? I've never even heard of Nasara Jasara. It's a worldwide effort. Um, certain things had to be in place for this to come about, but you know, like peace and all kinds of stuff. Mm -hmm. um, and there could be higher consciousnesses involved in this, possibly mm -hmm. Saint Germain, the Saint Germain Trust. Uh, I mean, right. what's, it, it, it happened for some reason. I mean, I wondered a lot, you know, was this not supposed to happen or was it um, allowed to happen? Uh, you know, just look up St. Germain Trust. Um, anyway, there's, there's, things like that involved from what I understand. I've kind of been aware and following for for a while, but you know it, first of all, it's taken way too long. <laughs> but mm. people were stuck, you know, we've been asleep. Mm. Um, but it's 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 very positive. And the last speaker of the or the latest speaker of the house was um, basically, introduced as the 45th speaker of the house instead of the 56th. So oh. that takes us back to the last time there was a 45th speaker of the house would have been in 1876. So that was around the time that we became a corporation and went away from the ah. constitutional government. So that's positive and he's, you know, completely different from past ones. And so I think the ship is going to be turned and we're going to be heading in the right direction. So I think people just had to see the worst of it, you know, in order to get on board because all along they've been afraid of civil war and, you know, people fighting each other because of the, what we've been told, oh, all the lies we've been told. That would be brilliant. I, I had no clue about the speaker of the house being announced as the 45th. That's a big deal. 
and we've seen other signs like right. around the world like the the shield of the house of windsor you know falls off buckingham palace you know a few years ago you know and then the the house of windsor goes essentially they 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 were defaulted and were ejected from from their holdings in the british isles and so to to hear that and then you see all the chaos that ensues in canada and australia ever since that being holdings of you know <laughs> the 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 crown let's say and then corona rolls through and now we're all with the, like hearing this about the nasara and jasara i've heard about like a lot of the white hat stuff but in all honesty i haven't really ever followed it I just think that in living all over the world, I know North America is special in the sense that um, here in North America, there is still this spirit of don't tread on me. Where exactly in all other countries I've lived in, even Western countries like Belgium and Spain, they fully accept that the government is in every nook and cranny of their life. They fully accept it. There's there's no pushback at all. Like in all these socialist countries that I've lived in, like everything is like, of course they take 60% of your labor. <laughs> like they're like on every level, there's like zero chutzpah, like, like there's zero pushback. And the thing I love about moving because i just recently moved back to the united states is like here people are still like no 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 you don't <laughs> yeah. no and that's why they've really been coming hard after us you know the right. whole border thing and everything else you know trashing the major cities um you know trying to bring in socialism and marxism at the state level yes um you know, that's all what that's all about. I mean, they want to do the same thing here. Yes, <laughs> sir. That's what they're gunning for, you know, so, but it's, that's an excellent point because even if this was their end game, what we're seeing play out, I guess, because they had to do things by the rules, it was written down, like in the constitution, the, the right way to do things and the, um, the military. Um, because I think it's going to go through the military, but it, you know, it had to get to a point where it was like, this is the only option, <laughs> mm -hmm. um, but not just here, but all around the world. Mm -hmm. And um, this, the consciousness of freedom was seated here. Yes. Even if they always planned to enslave us and we've been enslaved with our birth certificates and the whole system, the way it was rigged, the birth certificates having, you know, being traded on the stock exchange and having our names in all caps and but no you know. still exists here. The word no still no. exists. There's still no. resistance here. Absolutely. Is, so there... and I mean, nobody knows. I mean, nobody knows that. <laughs> Most people don't know it. Some do. You know. So you know, it's a strong force, and they've always known that if we wake up and unite, they're toast. Mm -hmm. because they have to have our consent and that's why they've gone through all this trouble they had to build it into everything so that people would willingly accept them mm -hmm. but
but um, you know, it's been crimes against humanity off the charts since they've been here and in control and they've been the only ones that have benefited. Yeah. You know, they've all, always looked down on us and arrogantly, I mean, baby but, sea turtles have more protection than human babies. Oh, you see that with all the abortion stuff that's going on. It's horrible. It's absolutely horrible. Michelle, I feel like I need to have, I I'm, I'm running out of steam right now. <laughs> I need to I, I need to. I need to have you back on just because I have so many questions about the gates and your work specifically in North America with the geometries and the actual geology of these different areas with the different gates. To me, that's like one of the biggest finds that are that 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 you've exposed me to. Like that's very significant. Right. And I mean, I can, I can share yes, what I please. know. Um, and there was a really brilliant lady named Kaya Crone. Um, I, she, she had to stop making videos, but she did a lot with, of work with that in the celestial triangle. And it, it resonates very well with my work, but she identified this, the silver gate in um, St. Louis with the arch and, the Golden Gate in San Francisco, the Golden Gate Bridge, and the um, Lions Gate in Vancouver, and that corresponds to the Celestial Triangle. And there's just just a lot of interesting things found there. But you know, I I can talk about that and just other correspondences that I found. I mean, I you find the same thing in North America that you find over in Great Britain. Mm -hmm. You know exactly the same things and mm -hmm. they've been they, they're called glacial erratics here or they've been destroyed or you know again they say well hunter gatherers did this but you have <laughs> um you have a stonehenge in washington state the mary hill stonehenge that mm -hmm. was supposedly a war memorial that was built in 1917 1918 mm -hmm. um in better condition than the one in england and then there's there's also a Stonehenge in Australia, in mm -hmm. um, South Australia. Well, I think we will definitely. Uh, <laughs> so yeah, I mean, but I mean, this stuff is all over the earth. Yes, it is. It really is. I'm going to I'm going to share all of your contacts, your web page. Um, is there anything that you have coming up that you would like people to know about? Is there, how, how can people find your work? I mean, I'll have all the links already, but is there anything that you are working on um, at the moment that you want people to know about? Always. Um, I have a website. It's piercingtheveilofillusion.com. If you like to read, if you like to watch videos, I have a YouTube channel. If you type Michelle Gibson and then Moore's after that, it'll pop right up. And then I have Patreon forward slash Piercing the Veil of Illusion. And then I have two eBooks um, that are in the video description on my YouTube channel. Um, and I'm just, um, it just 
pushing forward. I mean, I've got more projects than I know what to do with, but, you know, <laughs> just invite people to, I've got, I've been doing this for five and a half years, like I said, almost six years. So yes. I've got plenty of material. <laughs> it's wonderful. It's wonderful. You have hundreds of hours. Like you have a lot out there. Um, Michelle, this has been wonderful. I feel like we just, just gave like the, the very top surface layer treatment. And now that at least my audience, like a lot of my audience, I already informed them that I was going to be interviewing you and like, you know, more than half knew who you were already. So I'm glad that uh, you, we were able to establish a rapport and um, yeah, I am too. And, and you know, like I said, it's very exciting. You're already, you know, you're already dialed into the things that I just really believe in, you know, especially the higher consciousness of the civilization and the yes. geometries and, you know, this was not something that was interrupted all the time, you know, that it was a no. continuous, integrated, beautiful, harmonious, incredible mm -hmm. civilization. I try and explain and, yeah. that to people because like my best work has been when I've been given an honorarium and the best way of saying what an honorarium is, it's like when somebody that has funds just gives you a blank check and they're like, create, do it. And their hands off. They like, there's an intention of what they want. But it's like, there is no pressure on you. There is no financial stress. There is no budgetary constraint. There's nothing. It's just like, just do what you need to do. And I've had the pleasure of being able to do that for a couple of clients. And that work is a different consciousness because there isn't the fear. There isn't the, all the BS that goes on with modern economics. It's literally like, it's an honorarium. We honor you as the creator. Here you go. Just do it. And that's the feeling I get when I see these, these antiquitech structures. It's just like somebody didn't take, you know, a hundred hours to carve a gargoyle that was being paid by the hour. I'm sorry. That's not true. That, that didn't happen that way. It was a different consciousness. It was just like, it was the the expression of beauty for beauty's sake and quality for quality's sake. It's the only way it's been able to last. So let me just give a really good example that everybody knows, but it's like, it's it tends to be um, poo-pooed. But if you look at St. Basil's Cathedral... Oh. Incredible. In Moscow. <laughs> it's like... and, and this is just one. I mean, there's so many examples. This is just one. <laughs> I mean, look at that. You know, that's not, like you said, that's not paying somebody a wage. Yeah, yeah. You're not forcing <laughs> slaves it's to gorgeous. do this. Yeah. <laughs> it's, I mean, and because I've tracked ley lines, I've come across other examples in, in places very similar um, that are, you know, just flamboyant or whimsical um, expressions of beauty. I mean, we can't do that. No. 
and you know you've got the moon coming up so so there's an alignment there i would i would guess mm -hmm. um and then um so if you look at the the onion domes here and then there's just um beautiful moore's head jewelry just exquisite golden pieces um let's see if i can find a good example i mean something along those lines you know i've seen gold and and ah uh, incredible and then um there's another one You know, we're missing something here. <laughs> yes. But I just wanted, oh, here's another one. Here's a gorgeous one. So, you know, you've got the same kind of, um, you know, thing going on at the top of the head with the turban. And I think that also connects to the crown chakra and Definitely. You know, our connection with our higher selves. So, yeah, I mean, somebody came in and said we want that for ourselves because they they can't do that they're parasites right. and all they can do is maybe reverse engineer and and take yeah or from our efforts and well, so um their 550 years is up get out out <laughs> be gone demons Leave. Yep. so we're i think we're almost there tofer and um i if i'm right we should know within the next six months to a year for sure i think it'll be sooner than that but i well, think we're close well you're invited to the ozarks for a party come come hang out <laughs> Ch chance okay, and cool. i live live close you know this is like the new mecca of 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 uh, interviewing and podcasting and creativity. Nobody saw it coming, but the Ozarks coming strong. Ah, there's a lot of history in the Oz hidden history in the Ozarks. Yes, uh, all, all the caves. All, <laughs> if, I, all, if, if I get up there, I'll give you a tour. <laughs> all, all the Swiss cheese that we have under our feet. There's a lot of uh, antiquitech beneath us. I woke up to all of this in Oklahoma, um, nice. so Oklahoma, Missouri, um, uh, Arkansas, Louisiana. Yeah, yeah it's the Colorado. heart. <laughs> the original Egypt right here. It is. Yep, I feel you. Well, Michelle, this has been such a pleasure. I really look forward. I'm going to send you this as soon as I put it up. And uh, I loved having you on. And I look forward to a, a, a continued correspondence. Sounds wonderful to me. I look forward to talking to you again. Sounds great. We'll go Michelle. through some more stuff. <laughs> Have a wonderful evening. Okay. Thanks. You too, Topher. Good night. Good night. You ought to know. For now, you. You ought to know by now.
BioCharisma family, I hope you enjoyed the pod with Michelle Gibson. Please check out her work in the, the links below. Uh, she is such a wonderful individual. We ended up talking for another 20 minutes after our recording. And uh, it's really cool what she's been able to map out um, within our chat, within our Telegram chat, which I hope you guys are having the opportunity to, to peruse. Uh, we've been putting a lot of different maps up there and uh, kind of talking about what what. What is the accurate depiction of this realm? So it, it's a lot of fun to think like that. I'm taking my dousing sticks to a couple new clients. And uh, I always enjoy dropping into that space to be able to feel the telluric currents and the water currents and the ley lines and uh, just kind of see what the land is actually communicating. Um, I have now a place to send um, super chats. Um, people have been asking me about that, and it is uh, Christopher Gardner at PO Box 402, Willow Springs, Missouri 65793. Um, that's, yeah, that's if you guys have any super chats. I've been getting really cool uh, things to experiment with. Uh, in the upcoming months, or excuse me, in the upcoming weeks, I will have a uh, Roman fasces, <laughs> a little guy to play with. And uh, I'm getting all the materials together to actually build a more current Cloudbuster. So if you guys like to do an analog super chat, that always helps at the donate page on uh, Topher HQ. That always helps because, as you know, things do cost money. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm looking forward to um, doing these experiments. Uh, we're getting the charging circuit uh, kind of dialed in for the mojo cells. So I will record and film uh, my experiment with that when I install a mojo into my old Forerunner. A nice little V6 Forerunner that has a lot of space in the engine bay where I can uh, place the mojo and fasten it in a way that it won't wobble out and then also uh, protect it with a bunch of biochar. So the uh, biochar reactor videos and stuff like that are in a slight little delay. Um, it's just, there's just so many things to do. So um, I will get to that when I do. I really appreciate your guys' attention in the chat. Um, having wonderful conversations. I, I've only had to band like I think one or two people, nothing crazy. Um, you just overall, there's really good vibes going on there. Uh, for some reason, Podbean is not distributing my uh, podcast to uh, Spotify, as far as I understand it. At least they didn't, they didn't um, distribute the Marzinski um, podcast. As soon as we get everything fixed with um, whatever you call it, uh, I forget who even hosts my website, I'll start to have all the, uh, we'll go back to the old schedule of pretty much posting new pods every Monday and then sharing them through the Telegram and the Podbean feed. So um, have some really good guests 
that are coming up, a couple in-person interviews once again. Um, I hope you guys uh, really have enjoyed the uh, information that I've been able to bring. It, it's been a pleasure. And um, yeah, looking forward to in the very near future, probably in the beginning of the year, taking on a couple of builder buddies on my property. And I've decided to throw all caution to the wind and uh, really move forward with my aircrete experiments and uh, not do the conventional building. <laughs> so uh, yeah, I'm going to go in that direction. I uh, thank you guys with all my heart and I look forward to seeing you uh, in the chat as soon as possible. And that I'll put the links to the chat, to Telegram, the BioCharisma chat. And uh, yeah, we'll be talking soon.